Greetings. Welcome to Sippin' Tea with D. This is your host, Deirdre Boswell. Thank you for joining us this evening. One thing about loss is those who survive immediately feel alone. This is especially true for a widow or widower. The absence of a spouse or partner taken by death, whether it is a long-term illness or accidental, can be life-shattering. Not just for the spouse that's remaining, but for the entire family as well. Tonight, we look at the journey of two widows, Kim and Mona, who vividly speak in detail of the harrowing journey through loss and grief. So, move in close, grab your tea, and take a listen. You do not want to miss this. Good evening and welcome to Sippin' Tea with D. This is Deirdre Boswell. I am your host. And tonight I have uh, two very, um, two guests here that are uh, quite strong examples of women who have gone through trial and tribulation and then have been able to soar. We are talking tonight about loss, uh, in particular, the loss of a spouse. You know, whether it comes unexpectedly, whether it is through uh, that of a long illness, losing a spouse, losing anyone, quite frankly, can just be traumatic. Um, However, even going through such a situation that it can be really debilitating, it is possible to approach this difficulty and really overcome. Uh, These women here this evening have done just that. They have been able to overcome. But I want to talk tonight about what that journey looks like. Um, How is it when you are faced with um, grief, loss um, of the patriarch of a family, uh, the, the unit of the family? How does that look for a wife? How does that look in terms of raising children? And how does that look in terms of just realigning and redefining your role? not just as a human being, but as a mother, and in terms of the title of wife. So I have with me this evening, uh, as I said, two strong women, and I'm going to start with uh, Mona. Mona is a native of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Mona, can you tell uh, our teacups a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Mona. Um, I am from Philly. Been a postal worker now for 29 years. I'm a mother biologically of two, but I do have three stepchildren. Okay. And we also have Kim. Kim is from New Jersey. Kim, can you also tell our teacups a bit about yourself? 
Okay. Um, I am a mother of two um, daughters, and um, I reside in New Jersey for quite some time now, and um, I'm on this journey as a single parent now. Wow. Wow. Well, ladies, thank you for coming uh, on tonight and, um, you know, being willing to share your tea with us. Uh, but before we get started and we dig into this topic, I have to ask you that infamous question that I ask all my guests. What tea are you drinking this evening, Kim? What are you drinking? I am sipping on lemon finger tea. Oh, lemon zinger. I like that. I like that. And what about you, Miss Mona? What tea are you drinking? I'm actually sipping on some ginger and turmeric tea that I made myself. Oh, ginger. Ginger is actually my favorite. It's really good for the throat. <laughs> so yes. that is definitely one of my favorites. And I'm drinking on a little ginger uh, tea myself. So uh, ladies, again, thank you for coming. And thank you for uh, in, uh, being willing to share your tea and enlighten us on this topic. So let me just dig right in because, uh, again, as I said, loss uh, and grief can, can certainly come, you know, can be unimaginable. It can come out of nowhere. Um, you know, oftentimes, you know, we're not prepared, no matter what the situation is. But when we talk about a family union and we, unit and we talk about the patriarch of a family uh, and we look at the role of a father, of a husband, and when that person has been removed, um, tell me, first of all, tell me a little bit about your, your spouse. What are some of the fond things you remember, Mona? Uh, my husband was really a stern guy. Okay. So if you've seen him in the street, you rarely seen him smiling, but really behind closed doors, he was a soft teddy bear. He wasn't stern, but worked hard and he was mm -hmm. really about family with his kids. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what about you, Kim? What are some fond things that you remember about your spouse? Um, one of the things that stands out to me, um, about my husband was he is it's very similar to what Mona said. He had a tough exterior, but he was a teddy bear. Like he was loved by everybody. Okay. Um, he definitely was a man that led his household. Awesome. 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 His children to death. It's so interesting because to hear you ladies say, you know, that they had this one face for the world and then they would get home and uh, their families sort of melted their hearts and you can see, you know, I think that's a wonderful thing. And it says a lot about too, just about how our men are viewed in the world, you know, that they have to kind of have that tough exterior and um you know but to 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 be a loving father you know a loving husband and come home and, and bring that love to your family is a wonderful thing and saying that um what is something kim that you probably you say that would say that uh you maybe miss the most about your husband I just miss my husband's love and affection. Like he was the most affectionate person um, that I had ever been in a relationship with. Um, okay, okay. He let you know that he loved you. 
-hmm. unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And that is something that uh, I miss dearly, just having a hug. Okay. 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 Um, That's what I miss most about him is just his affection. Okay. And how long were you guys married prior? We were together uh, for almost 16 years. Okay. Um, We got married in 2004 Mm -hmm. and he passed in 2018. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had met in September 2002. Okay. Awesome. 16 years. Awesome. And what about you, Mona? What, what would you say you probably miss the most? Well, mine wasn't real affectionate. I was the affectionate one. He always okay. joked and said my whole family was the love family. But <laughs> I miss having him for conversations. He was always my reason okay. and my rock. Okay. And I just miss him being here. Like when you come from a long day at work to come home. Mm-hmm. And we worked at the same job, but we never rode in the car together. We never... That was our time away, but when we came home, mm-hmm. I missed that. So when you come home and he's not there, mm-hmm. I missed that. I missed that. Okay. So just hearing, um, you know, about about these gentlemen and, and what they brought to your lives and what they meant to the both of you, you know, one of the things about loss and grief is that sometimes people, people can be unaware Um, And in some instances, some of the things people say or think may sometimes seem insensitive, you know, because people, quite frankly, really don't know what to say. And when you have uh, men such as these who had such a a strong and powerful role in the household, um, in what ways... uh, in what ways have you, I don't want to say memorialized, but in what ways have you continued their presence in, in within your families? Would you like to answer, uh, Kim? Uh, one of the things that we do is, um, my with my husband being so family-oriented, we keep a lot of his traditions going on. Okay. Um, so... It's certain things that like, whereas though I wasn't the most affectionate one, he was. Mm. So he brought a lot of that out of me. So like with the Valentine's Day coming up next month, I would never celebrate Valentine's Day because I'm like, you show me love every day, you know, mm-hmm. but he made sure that it was special. Okay. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to do now for my children, you okay. know, is okay. just keep these traditions going on. For their birthdays, he would give them a hundred dollars in ones. Like, so I don't care how old they are, they will always get that hundred dollars in ones. You okay, know? okay. Just his little special touches that we just try to keep, you know, the tradition going. Absolutely, absolutely. What about you, Mona? I love that. Well, I noticed that well, me and my daughter started this right after he passed, because he passed a little before his 50th. Okay. So I took her out to dinner and we celebrated him at dinner. So mm-hmm. now every year we try to get together mm-hmm. on his birthday to do something because my daughter's grown. There's no more kids in the house. I'm an empty nester now. But okay. um, yeah, because my husband passed in 2007. Okay. So okay. I try to I try to do the things, you know, us doing dinner. It's little things that we do. He wasn't really into holidays, but he knew I loved them. Okay. So he went all out for Valentine's Day. He would mm-hmm. do something extra special. It didn't, he only did it because I did it. Got but it. he didn't really um, celebrate a lot. But me and my daughter, we do do dinner. 
And because I got married on my birthday, uh, for a while, every birthday was tough. Mm, so I, I do extra, yeah, I do extra special stuff every year for my birthday, just because he made a big stink of it because he had to do a wedding gift, you know, an anniversary gift and a birthday gift. And then I'm shopping on my birthday for him. So he always made it really special because of that. Now, it's funny because you, you, you both, when you talk about these gentlemen, they both are clearly family, family men, family guys. But you know what I'm picking up that I also love too? Just the balance in terms of marriage, in terms of relationship, how they there were certain traits and certain things that you guys were balanced in you know he may not been affectionate but i was more affectionate or i'm more affectionate he may and it's like you see that balance so i think that's also a takeaway and a lesson for people as well how did you guys handle uh i'm sorry the you know with your children how did you handle in terms of helping them to understand that you know their dads would no longer be there i can go first um my daughter was six going on seven when my husband passed it was to my mother-in-law and my father-in-law his parents had passed a year apart two years before him so she was sort of getting used to these people i'll never see them again so she got that part of it mm -hmm. but my husband talked with her a whole lot because it wasn't a sudden death. So he would explain to her when he didn't feel well, he would talk to her about stuff. And he told her, you know, some days, and she told me this later during counseling, that he would tell her a lot he was tired, just tired of the whole situation. Wow. So when you're dealing with somebody who's been sick for a couple of years and they're going through, they feel like they're a guinea pig. And I think that's what he felt like. But she definitely had to do counseling um, right after. Mm -hmm. And it was it was rough. Uh, the family composition sort of separated a little. I did raise my stepkids. Um, but when he passed, they both were 18 and 19. Okay. So the only one I'm still close with is my stepdaughter. It was a little issues with the stepson and my husband's sister, his only living close relative. Okay. We never got along when my husband was alive. So... The family sort of broke up and it still isn't the way it should be. And I know my husband, if he was here, he would be upset because he was, despite having other children before I married him, he always was into that doing stuff with all of the children together okay. so that they knew their sibling. Yeah, he never, he never treated nobody no different, including my son that wasn't his. So I'm a little upset that it's the way it is now, but counseling was definitely done. Okay, okay. And counseling probably is... You, would you say uh, a real important component in terms of the healing, especially for children? Definitely. Although I will admit my daughter still isn't right. Okay. She okay. still isn't. Yeah. Okay. Kim, what would you say to that? Did you have anything to say the same thing? Basically um, my daughters was seven and 11 when their father passed and it's going on four years. And oh, wow. I see that, it's still, it's never right. It's mm -hmm. never right. You know, we still are all going through a grieving process. Okay. Um, we're coping. We're learning to try to live and move forward in a positive manner, but mm -hmm. it's not easy. 
Okay. It's not easy at all. And some days or, you know, some months you can have a real good month and then you find yourself back crying, depressed and going mm-hmm. through a lot of changes mm-hmm. two months later. You've been like, oh, well, what's going on now? That grief will stay with you, I think, for a lifetime. OK, so it's more about uh, the coping with the grief yeah. as opposed yeah. to. And and I think also something that you ladies said too about just keeping family together and, and, and traditions, keeping traditions and things like that. Do you see that those things help your children in, in, in ways? Well, for myself, I would say my family dynamic also changed um, a okay. whole lot. Okay. My husband was very family oriented, but there was a lot of things that... Um, I did for my spouse, you okay. know, um, okay. there was a lot of uh, family dysfunction that I will never allow in my life. But for my spouse, I tolerated certain things. But once he passed, um, I had made a conscious decision to just keep um, my kids close and um, not expose them to certain things um, of negativity or things that will bring them any type of harm or danger. So, um, you know, I had to limit their access. So is it fair to say that do either of you keep relation, do you have still have maintained relationships with your in-laws or at any point? Some Some of them, not not me. Okay. Well, unfortunately, my husband only had a sister. Um, If my mother-in-law had still been here, I'm certain that I would still be very much involved with her. She was, I loved her to death. Um, Like I said, me and her daughter never got along when she was, when my husband was alive. So my daughter has no contact with, and I think it's sad because she's the baby of the bunch. Right. But she has no contact with the only aunt on that side. I have no siblings. So it that did bother me, but she only speaks to my stepdaughter. She doesn't speak to the other two brothers that are her stepbrothers. She doesn't. Now, um, how, like, I, I'm sorry, Mona, I didn't mean to cut you. I just kept, I'm thinking right. because when you lose someone as, as, as special as your husband or father, you know, you're not supposed to also lose these other components. And when we're talking about children, I mean, has... What what advice in these situations would you give to another widow, like in terms of how to handle themselves as well as their children? Because, I mean, I've gone through a divorce and in that divorce, you know, it kind of can, you know, I was told it can feel like a death and it actually does in some ways. And I've experienced, you know, uh, relationships shifting and changing in terms of in-laws and I feel that it's unfortunate because it's not always necessary, but what advice would you give to another widow uh, and how to handle that, uh, Mona? Well, I'm going to say this, and this is what I did for me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to just let it go and cut that off because if you're already going through grief of losing that spouse mm-hmm. and now it's a bunch of negativity because this person felt like you should have did this or that should have been done this way, Nobody was in your marriage and in your relationship and in your bedroom to know what went on. So you do what's best for you and maintain your peace. If that includes cutting others off, Mm -hmm. cut them off because you can't hold all that burden on you because it will make you drop to a low place. And I've been there. And so it's not worth it. 
your health is more important. Wow. What about you, Kim? What would you tell another widow? Um, what I would tell another widow is you have to find who your support circle really is, mm -hmm. regardless if it's family or friends, you know, um, and like, like I said previously, you know, um, due to the fact that there, we were surrounded by a lot of negativity in our immediate family, mm -hmm. um, the good thing for me is I have an excellent group of women in my life and a few awesome. men awesome. that um, they love us. They mm -hmm. do anything for us. They make sure that we are good. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I tell people all the time, blood makes you related. Your family is what you make it. Mm -hmm. So my family is these group, my support system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, when I say that, I mean, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I mean, they take care of my kids as if they're their own or if they are their nieces and, you know, uncles and aunts. Everybody will tell you, my kids call all of my friends their aunt or their uncle. Okay. because okay. it's that close of a bond and they will do anything for them. So, you know, even though it was unfortunate that the family dynamic changed, you know, my husband had a few friends that were very, very close to him, like brothers okay. that stepped up. So, you know, my kids don't miss a beat because what they are surrounded by is genuine love. Awesome. 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 I like that, you know, the idea of, you know, having a support system and extended family, uh, you know, because it certainly can make the difference in your day to day and just giving you that encouragement that you need. Ladies, one other thing that some other, you know, that I thought, you know, thinking about in this space, because unfortunately, uh, when you have been married and, you know, life has changed and presented this, you know, things start to shift for you as women. Um, how long after your spouse's passed, uh, your spouse passed, did you keep wearing your wedding ring, Kim? Um, well, unfortunately I had lost my wedding ring. So I did not have my wedding ring, but I had another ring that he had bought me that I used to wear all the time. Okay. Um, and I would think that maybe after the first year, I stopped wearing it, you know, like as a representation of me being married. Okay. And part of that was for me to get some peace within myself. Okay. Um, okay. okay. So, but, you know, it, it, it takes time, you know, and it's like I said, I still grieve. Mm -hmm. uh, over the loss of my spouse so that'll be something that i think i will live with forever okay okay and what about you mona do you still wear your ring or how long after after your husband uh has been gone did you wear it so i believe it was into the second year mm -hmm. that i took mine off because i had begun going on a couple of dates um like I said, I had fell into a real dark space and had gained like 60 pounds and mm -hmm. it was, it was rough. And my mom was like, you're young, you can't mm -hmm. just sit around, you can't, you know. So I think it was, it was past a year, but it was going into the second year, a little into the second year. I took it off. And as a matter of fact, it was that Valentine's Day, I brought myself this ring and I've been wearing it ever since. 
Oh, wow. That was what I treated myself to, yeah. Okay, okay. So let me ask you, because taking off that ring is big. You know, taking that ring off, you know, not wearing the ring is big. Do, and, and when we take, when you take the ring off and we're talking about you kind of moving forward, what does dating look like for you ladies? Oh. Like, <laughs> you know, what, what, whoa, I, I can, I can already feel, you know. But what really, I mean, because you, you, the men that you're talking about, I mean, of course, they are irreplaceable. But, <laughs> but, you know, what, what does dating look like? And do you talk about your spouse when you're dating? Who, who, who would like okay. to take I'm a go, I'm going to go and get this over with. <laughs> Ooh, and I'm going I'm to try to do a short version of this because I've been a widow for many years. It's oh. been a long time since okay. my past. Um. Oh my God. And the sad thing is that you brought this up because the first serious relationship I had after he passed, mm -hmm. what it went on for about three years and wow. he stepped into that role of being like helping my daughter because he knew she missed her dad and he threw her this real big, spectacular 10th birthday. Wow. And I'm getting sentimental because we broke up. Um, mm -hmm. He was cheating and he got married and he actually just passed and the funeral was yesterday. Oh no, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I didn't go because I knew emotionally I couldn't take it yeah. and I wanted to give his wife her day because that was who he was cheating on me with. So I let her have oh, wow. her day. But yes, I have a lot of memories. We went on a cruise together, vacation. Oh, so I wow. have a lot of... Yeah, it was the house that he was living in until he passed. I picked it out and decorated. It's a lot of stuff in there that I can name, but mm -hmm. we still, we had got to a place when his dad died that we became friends again. And he actually works at my job. So I don't see him every day, but he cleaned my office. Okay. And I just was thrown while I was in Jamaica to get that call that he had a stroke. And then he and then when they pulled the plug, it was on my mother's 70th last week. So the funeral was yesterday. I watched it on Zoom. It was really hard. Mm -hmm. But all of the guys I've been running into, I'm not saying they've been horrible, but it just seems that the men today know it's a shortage. Mm -hmm. So they just do whatever in relationships. They're not, too many can't be faithful or loyal. I don't need you to tell me right away you love me. I just need you to be loyal. Right. That is so hard to find nowadays, especially if they have their stuff together. Right. If they are working at a good job, mm -hmm. they have a degree. Although I've been at the post office 29 years, I did go back to college after my husband passed okay. and got my bachelor's from St. Joe's. Okay. But it's when you find them guys that are together, yes. they doing whatever they want to do because they know the pickings is slim for us. So it's like, you happy to have me type of attitude. So this dating stuff is, uh It's a totally it, it, world. Yes. Yeah. I want to know if she sees it different, if Kim has it, because <laughs> she hasn't been that long, so I don't know. But mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I'm so frustrated. I'll be 53 in a couple months. And it is, I don't want to grow old alone. But, but to be honest, I don't think I want to say I do to anyone else. Mm -hmm. Because if it doesn't work, mm -hmm. you're not going to take away me getting his pension, this and that. Because... We ain't doing that to find out later you just didn't have it together. No. Absolutely. Well, Mona, yeah. first of all, my condolences. And I and I, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um mm -hmm. because, you know, 
to have to, it, it almost seems like you had to go through that sort of in a way again. But, um, you know, thank you for, for, for sharing with us and being so transparent. Um, because but let me state this, let me state this. We hadn't been together in years, okay. but I was being respectful of his, it had been many years. Okay. I was being respectful of her letting her every day because I know I would have broke down in that church. So I said, let me break down at home. Okay. I would want somebody to be respectful of me and my, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, but. But yeah, you still it, think it fondly hurt. of him though. And you still. Yes. yes. I just is. seen him. Okay. I just seen him last month. Okay. And I'm like, and he had his grandbaby. He actually pulled on the side of my car and put the window down, like look in the back seat. So yeah, it's, it's oh, wow. yeah, it was wow. tough. It was tough. Well, Kim, what, what do you, mm-hmm. in terms of the dating space, uh, it's been a few say, years for you. Have have you even attempted to date at this point? I would love to date at this point. Okay. Um, I really would like to, you know, like one thing about me, I do love love. Okay. Um, so I love to. I love the whole aspect of being in love and being loved by someone. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is, um, I haven't had any love. You know, I have talked to a couple people, no serious relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think it, it is hard because it's, you know, you do compare whoever you're talking to, to your spouse. Like, that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the longest relationship I had ever been in, you okay. know? So um, it is very, very hard. Um, and, I, you know, I don't compare them to them as, I want you to do what Deke did, right. or what Demetrius was doing. Mm-hmm. But there are certain aspects that I feel as though you have to fulfill for me to even be bothered. Okay. So what I will say is, um, I, you know, I am a stranger danger type person. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to really meet somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. So I do um, familiar, you know. Um, okay. You know, so I... Like being introduced I'm, type of thing? When you say familiar, yeah, like someone know Okay. So um, there was one situation where it was a guy that I was talking to uh, prior to when I was younger in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had reached out to me on Facebook. So, you know, I went out with him. I was excited. Oh, you know, we're going to go on a date. Uh, you know, he's he's a lot of fun, you know. And I remember that about him from years ago. Mm-hmm. So I went out on a date with him. And the next day, he called me angry, you know, and like, kind of basically was just like this is why things didn't work with us I was like are we going to really talk about something that happened 20 years ago you know <laughs> okay so that's not going to work right so then, um you know um one of the things that I miss the most is like you know you have these lonely spells you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and um you know, you get caught up in vulnerability. So mm-hmm. I was talking to this other gentleman for a while, but again, expressed my concern to him. You know, we can only be friends. You know, I'm not ready for a relationship. I have two daughters, so forth and so on, you know? Okay. Um, but the thing with him was he wanted a relationship. He said, okay, in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, but he kept pushing towards a relationship. And I'm like, no, like, you know, I'm not, in, and how do you tell a person I'm not interested in you like that without hurting someone's feelings? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I never looked at it to be in a relationship with him. I looked at it as fun. 
I, I like the, the 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 care that you're taking in uh you know like really being aware of the other person's feelings. Right. And, and you know yeah. why? Because I you know, prior to me getting married to Demetrius, I have married before. And uh, okay. a straight cheater. And uh, I would never do that to somebody. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm upfront honest. I'm a true blue person. So it was um kind of difficult. But um, I had to like cut him off and um, tell this day he still calls and texts, you know, from time to time. But even when he texts, he still don't get it. He's still thinking there's hope. And I'm like, are we on two different planets? You know what I'm saying? Because I know I clearly like told you that it's not possible. But I, I love love. I, I am... Um, waiting for the moment because i definitely think that god is going to bless me with someone special oh i love yeah. that and i love the idea that although you both had these incredible relationships and mm -hmm. with these men in your lives that you're still open to the idea of being yeah. with someone else and still having a new life now you did mention i know mona you said your daughter you know that the, the the other gentleman that you were involved with shortly thereafter your husband's passing he you know he embraced your daughter but kim i want to ask you um you know you have two younger daughters and you know your your husband's passing is quite recent when you started dating are your daughters did you get any pushback or uh were they supportive oh, Big time resentment. Um, okay. Okay. How does that How does that work? Um, it did not work well. So <laughs> basically, this is and part of it was my fault. So okay. because what so? he said to my kids was, if I decide that I'm going to be in a relationship with someone, mm -hmm. you guys will meet them. You'll be able to have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll get to know this person. Okay. Well, COVID happened. Okay. okay. So. Um, I would go over his house. You know, he had never been to my house. He knew I had two daughters, you know, so forth and so on. So I, we were in counseling and my counselor says to me, you know, you need to let your daughters know that you're starting to date. You Absolutely. know, you have a friend because I will always lie and be like, oh, I'm out with one of your aunties, you know. I was like, you know, she was like, you have to let them know that you're going to start dating. Mm -hmm. You know, um, this this is what's normal. This is the normal process. Right. Um, you know, my husband had been gone for over two years at this point, two and a half years. So mm -hmm. I'm like, OK, so um, I tell them, you know, that I was going to go out with my friend and, you know, um, and I would be back. And they had a breakdown. A total breakdown. Oh no! So they was like, "Well, why can't he come over here? We don't want you going out with him." Oh, okay. So the breakdown was more about you not going bringing him around. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. But I had all said to them, "I will only bring somebody around that I'm looking forward to having a future with." Absolutely. You don't need just a random, you right. know, basically. And again, I knew he wasn't future you know okay so um i let them so this is what winds up happening i wind up letting him come over here uh -huh. because they was having this meltdown so when he came over though you know he was like 
you're living like this and you come to my apartment you know what i'm saying so it, it, it you know it shifted dynamic a little bit okay so now I'm like okay well since and you're in the same space that you did home that you lived in with yeah. your husband yeah. okay do you think that he was intimidated by that in any way um not intimidated by it but he was impressed by it and that's what i didn't like okay because um you know I, I don't want nobody to be impressed by what I have. I want us to be, whoever I get with, it has to be a partnership. You yes. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, you don't have to make as much money as me, or you don't have to have the same things with me, but we got to find a way that we can build together. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I don't want you walking like, oh my God, she got this, she got that. Like, no, like, you know, it's, to me, it's material things, you know, and I'm not impressed by material things. Right. So I'm like, okay. But, um, what winds up happening was because now that, okay, you see my children, my children know who you are. I feel comfortable being in my own space. Right. Absolutely. So he started coming over here more and they had a fit. I, could, I was going to say, how did they feel seeing another man in the space that their father it was, occupied? It was hard. It was horrible. Um, well, what sort of things did they tell you that they didn't like about that? Well, they didn't want him sleeping in my room. Okay. 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 And, yeah. um, and then my kids felt as though like, uh, you know, like it's a privacy issue with me. So, okay. When it's your dad, it's a little bit different, even right. though to me, I still set boundaries. So it's like, you go from your kids, you know, and y'all just come in and out like, I even, my kids have their own room. I knock on their door before I enter. They okay. just come to the room. Oh. So now that I had a friend over, I was like, y'all can't just come in my room. You have to knock and you have to wait for me to tell you. Um, so you said you can, boundaries and some guidelines. It was a lot of them wanting to do what they wanted to do. Well, we want to see what they're doing in there or why is he in there and why he didn't come downstairs yet. And it was uh, too much of them trying to control the situation. Okay. So I okay. had to get them back in chat, but it was also, you know, now I feel like I'm ba a bad parent. You see what I'm saying? Because now I don't introduce this man to my kids that I know I don't want no future with. Oh, and so guilt. You, know, so it, you go through a lot of guilt. Okay. Um, okay. So, you know, but now it's like, we talk about everything. They know eventually their mom is going to date eventually, you know, so like we even talk about like the step parent thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm big on, I don't want my kids, you know, they was like, we don't want to call nobody dad. That's fine. Cause you had a father. Right. I don't ever want to call nobody dad. But um, what I do love about it is they do be like, oh, I do want a bonus dad. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so, I like the fact that they said a bonus dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah so like now they're open to that issue. And now I see how much they really miss, you know, that male presence in their life. But yeah. they definitely don't want me to just settle. You know, okay. like they don't want me to settle. So, and I was like, you know, and that's the thing for me. I came too far that I can't, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, if I'm not getting what I want, I don't want nothing at all. So when you talk about that, 
I'm sorry, I didn't mean to uh, to cut you off, but when when you talk about you know like the kids being you know looking forward to having a bonus dad, you know Mona, you talked about your daughter, you know your friend being becoming like a, a in a way he was a bonus dad as well, you know playing parties was. and things like that. I mean, it sounds like that in terms of your healing that. you reached a level where it was okay it's okay to move on it's okay to have someone else in your life when do you or what advice would you give a widow in terms of when would be the the proper time or is there a proper time in moving on i personally don't think it's a time everybody is different okay um Because my husband had a heart transplant a year before he passed, mm -hmm. he was sick. He lived in Jefferson for a year before he even got the heart. So mm -hmm. my husband and I had a lot of conversations when he first got real ill. He actually, in so many words, was like, because my husband was 12 years older than me. Okay. You young. He was pretty much like giving me a go pass while he was here. And I was like, no. So I spent my wow. time either working or going to the hospital. But yeah, he was like, you know, you're young, you have needs. I don't think you should be, you know, it's obvious when I get this heart, we don't know what's going to happen. I could die on the table. We talked and discussed a lot of things. Um, How did that make you feel though? Because that takes a lot I, of time. Yes, <laughs> yes. So he just didn't, he knew that I, and he told me he appreciated everything I did. Because when I tell you, when he did come home with the heart for a year, I was his caretaker because he had a stroke on the table. Okay. So He couldn't really ring a washcloth out, so I washed him. I did all this, but yet I still was full-time at the post office. Oh, so wow. he felt bad. Like, I was, he was a burden on me. Mm -hmm. And I had to tell him, when you marry somebody, part of those vows is marriage is for death to us part, Amen. better or worse. So that was the worst part. And I was there, and I knew he would have did the same for me. Mm -hmm. But I did not want a go pass mm -hmm. because you're living in Jefferson And I'm going home and nobody's there to go and do something with somebody. I I couldn't. I right. would have felt real guilty. There's no way that I could have. So yeah. even after he passed, for the first six months, I don't think I slept well. Yeah. It was hard just getting in that king-size bed. Looking, I actually had to buy a new bed. I couldn't. I'm looking at that big space. Wow. I was just going to ask. How, even yeah. something, you mentioned the bed, and Kim, you said something about your kids coming in and out the bedroom. Like, do you all, what did you decide, like, I'm only going to sleep on my side still? Or you said you just got rid of the bed. I, well, I did. Yeah, okay. well, I had the bed okay. for a year. I had it for a year, and I think it was going to a counseling session with my daughter because I sent her more than myself because it was even with the insurance. It was $40 a visit. Okay. So she was going. I wasn't. Okay. But... I had that bed for a year until finally I went to a counselor and they were like, well, maybe because you only laid on that, my iPad and everything was on the other side. My school books, because I was at Delaware County then, mm -hmm. I left that on that side, but I would not roll over there. Okay. The, the remote control, everything was on that side. But then I got a queen size, I downsized and I got a queen size. And it seemed a little different because it was a new bed. But it was, it was really rough. I don't think it's a time for it. Some people, if before the person died, they could have been on the rocks because there's a lot of marriages where people are just coexisting. Right. So you really can't say because somebody might start dating six months after. Somebody mm -hmm. else might date two years after. I was almost two years. 
Some people never date, depending on their age. I was 38 when I became a widow. That was horrible at 38. Right. 38 with a six-year-old. Right. It was torture. And she don't understand. All they know is if my dad was here, she was asking for stuff. My husband spoiled her. Well, if my dad was here, there's oh. a lot of times I wanted to choke her out. So, yeah, it's everybody's different. Everybody is. So I don't think nobody should judge other people mm-hmm. or say, oh, she dating too soon. Now, if she turned around with a boo holding hands a week later, that was already going on. Hey, right. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> even a month i think it's so funny because you talk about your daughter saying that did you guys see like a shift in your relationship with your children once your spouse was gone like before was it like your spouse was the disciplinarian or were you always the disciplinarian or did you see like you becoming closer to them because kim i heard you say that you talk to your girls a lot and you 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 guys have like an open uh communication type relationship so you see that you see the difference now um my husband was definitely my kid's best friend okay okay about everything um i felt really guilty as a parent to be honest with you Mm -hmm. um because they had such a good relationship with their dad and so when he passed, you know, are you I'm more of the to... disciplinarian? Is that why you felt guilty or no, no, because you know, the thing is, and I will say this is like, for the most part, my kids, I got good girls. Yeah. Like, okay. you know, it's just like, they didn't really get in trouble, you uh-huh. know, until uh-huh. this day, they really don't get in trouble. I might have to cuss at them, but that's it. You know? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the thing about it was, it was like, they had like that best friend relationship like you know where they did everything with their dad 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 was more of their caretaker than i was right okay, okay. so when he <laughs> i had to learn what to do with them you know oh wow yeah. wow yeah. i mean like my husband took them to the nailery he took them to get their hair done <laughs> he bought all their sneakers like he was I, a girl dad for sure okay oh my god yeah. Kim, what he's sign are you, Kim? What I'm sign are you? I'm a cancer. You a what? A cancer. Girl, you just told my story. I'm a cancer too. So yeah, <laughs> let me tell you. Oh my God, I'm about to tear up because when my husband died, I literally had to go, oh, you don't eat this? She was oh, like, no. no. <laughs> oh my God. So my husband, because of his heart, he had to retire. He had been retired for three years before he died. So he took her to school. He did her hair. He oh took her to dance. He took her to the Y. So yeah. I had to learn my yeah. child. So yeah. I felt just like you saying, I felt guilty. I was the disciplinary. He okay. spoiled her. Uh-huh. So that's why when he died, she would say stuff like, I wish my dad was here. My right. dad would have da 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 And I said, I wish he was too. This right. is oh so interesting because oh the, 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 I can hear in Mona's voice as soon as you said she, I can see she was like, oh no, she's speaking my life. She's saying that this is what I went through. But I mean, it's amazing. These Clearly these gentlemen were girl dads. Like they really sold a lot into these young ladies. And I think that is so important because even in their absence, 
just think of the fond lessons and memories that they have that will guide them throughout their lives. I mean, their their dads may not physically be here, but I just think it's so wonderful that what these men sowed into them, they will certainly have forever. So this that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Well, ladies, I have to ask you these. This is because, so, uh, you know, we're talking about dating and, you know, your roles with your uh, children and how things have changed and altered. But even in, um, you know, in terms of making that shift, was it... Um, was it or, or do you still have any of your spouse's belongings like was it difficult to get rid of or do you still have them i still that's have my spouse right there oh that's i had that made cool. for my daughter it's a canvas of her and her dad nice um on my refrigerator i still have my wedding a little small wedding mm -hmm. picture okay Throughout my dating, that has not come down. I did have another serious relationship where I actually lived with someone. Okay. Um, and we actually just started speaking again. <laughs> but yeah, I don't take it down. But I don't, you asked this question earlier too. I don't do a whole lot of talking about my husband unless they ask. Okay. I don't want okay. them to feel like they have to compete with him. Okay. I don't expect to find another Daryl. I know mm -hmm. that that in this day and age is impossible. Mm -hmm. But I would like to find someone that can compliment me, mm -hmm. that we can be happy together, travel together, make memories together. I don't need you to complete me. I am complete. Absolutely. But I want to have fun with someone. I don't want to grow old alone. I mm -hmm. really don't. So to sit around and keep searching for a Daryl number two, mm -hmm. no. I want mm -hmm. a new best friend or a new you know, mm -hmm. person to hang out with. Somebody mm -hmm. I don't mind because at this age, some of them going to need a blue pill. So I need to be able to look at you and sit across the table and not all be about sex. Yes. Right. Yes, right. Yes. We have to click. We have to vibe and be right. here, as they say. Yeah. And listen, when you've had relationships as special as the two of you, I mean, you can't settle for anything less, even in non-comparison. And not saying that they were perfect, but they were perfect in that time and space that you were in. So you have a foundation. You have a blueprint of what you want something to look like moving forward. Um. You know, I think it, you know, just holding on to things. Kim, you said you still have your husband's things. You know, all of his things. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing that um, happened is I had a devastating situation where my house flooded. Um, mm -hmm. so I lost a lot of material things because, mm -hmm. like, um, I have a finished basement. And that was just like his space, like his man cave. He had a pool right. table, floor, everything. Well, we lost all of those items, mm -hmm. um, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I look at it like this, God don't make no mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I have been saying that I need to get rid of some things and mm -hmm. declutter and, you know. And that I think that was part of... Um, a way for me to try to start moving forward in my life. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because I do think that, um, you know, with me being so uh, closed in and guarded, you know, it limits my access, you know. Um, okay. 
Okay. And, you know, but it's I, it's not that I have a problem with giving away my husband's personal belongings, though. It's just that I don't want to just give it to just anyone. To anyone. Okay. You know, and that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So it's like I went through some of his things and I gave some of his things away. Mm-hmm. But then, um, so one of my girlfriends was telling me what we're going to do is it's going to be a project over the summer. I'm going to take some of his clothing. And we're going to make blankets for the girls, you know, like I love like a quilt. And, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do that. That's going to be an activity we're going to do over the summer. What a that sounds nice. Isn't yeah. it? I love that. Yes. I, love yes. That. I gave a lot of my stuff. A lot of my stuff I gave to my stepson. He was his firstborn and his okay. namesake. So they were about the same size. Okay. So a lot of the clothing, a lot of the stuff, you know, I, I gave to them. But what I did do when my husband passed, um, he actually, this is what caused a whole lot of animosity with the other, with his side of the family. So I had a regular funeral like everyone else does, but mm-hmm. there was no burial because I had him cremated. Okay. So you got to view him. You got to do all. And that's actually what I want to done to myself as well. Okay. I've noticed that the common thing that goes on with people is you get buried, excuse me, they go there, Mm -hmm. but then two, three years later, people stop going to those grave sites. They don't go visiting regularly. Mm -hmm. So I had them cremated Mm -hmm. and I had his remains spread throughout urns that was for my stepkids and myself. Mm -hmm. And they all look the same. Mine's is the big version. And then they had smaller ones in a little velour box. So that everybody had a piece of their father to go with them wherever they go. Oh, that, was Mama, what I that is so thoughtful. I love that. But his sister and some of the other people on his side of the family just thought that that wasn't, but that wasn't for y'all to decide because what they didn't know is that I had my husband keep a diary. Once they said he was going to have to live there, mm-hmm. I had him keep a diary. I still have that diary to this day. And I looked at it the other day because of, the West thing, him, my other friend passing. Mm-hmm. And he wrote in there and had a nurse sign off that he wanted to donate his body to science to oh see God. why. But I did not stick to that. You I did. let them have his cornea. I let them have parts of him. Okay. But had I did that, they would have needed his body within two hours of him dying and we wouldn't have had a body for the funeral. Gotcha. That's why I overrode it. But he did write that in that journal in the back and one of the nurses signed off as a witness that he was donating his body to science. And I was like, Sorry, but no. but you still bless people with his organs. So yes, I, I did. Think, Whatever we I think did, that yes. you, I think you did. You made an executive decision. You kind of did what was best. You, yes. you know, you wanted to fulfill part of his wishes, and then you also wanted to make sure that you know things went smoothly, especially in a transition like that. You wanted to make sure that because I think it probably would have been more devastating had his body not been present. Yeah, just looking at a picture and yes. my stepdaughter at that time. She was in her first year of college, so she wouldn't have made it home in two hours. So they wouldn't have, they'd have snatched the body immediately. They wouldn't have had nothing to look at. I wanted them Mm -hmm. to be able to see his face one last time. Mm -hmm. And then we closed the casket. There was no burial. We went right to the wake and Mm -hmm. that was it. But I didn't do anything with him any different than I would have done that I'm doing for myself. Um, I don't want bugs eating me. Yeah, I like I don't. I don't want that. But and, they were, it caused a lot of problems and the split, like with the, why she do that? 
She didn't have enough money. And it wasn't cheaper because I still rented the casket. I still bought the clothes that were coming. You had a that. ceremony. I still, and the urns weren't cheap. They are pretty beautiful urns. They're not no, you would think it's a piece of art. So it wasn't cheaper. Right. Like what my sister-in-law probably thinks it wasn't. So it was a lot. It was a lot. And people always want to tell you how to do your stuff. But like I said, people aren't in your marriage. They don't know what happens in your right. home. Right. So do what's best for you. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that I did gain from insight today from talking to you two ladies is that even in this space and that process of loss, you still have to do what you feel would honor your relationship with your spouse and what is best for the overall family. And I think that you two have certainly, um, presented great examples of that. I love the velvet box urns and I love the idea of creating a quilt and, you know, just the the uh, respect that not only that you had for your, your, your spouses, but even the love that you share with your, your immediate families. And it sounds like the decisions that you've made are sound and based on that. Um, so I, I, I celebrate you and commend you for that. I want to also ask you, um, just in terms of, I know we talked about dating and things like that, but how did it feel um, when you were stepping out on your own? Because, you know, being married and then, you know, having, being single, be, you know, thrust, your spouse being thrust from you, because that's what it kind of death feels like. When you step out uh, going to events or things like that, how did it feel for you? Mona, I, I, you, you, you seemed like you, that was awkward. It was an awkward. It was awkward. Okay. okay. It was very awkward. Um, but I will say that I had a good sister circle. Okay. That my girlfriends by me being the only child that was a little rough. Okay. Um, my mom didn't know what to say or what to do or how to help me because both of my parents are still here. So, mm-hmm. and she's remarried and been remarried for years. So it was odd because she really didn't know like how do you and you know what irritated me the most i got so tired of hearing people say uh he's in a better place god don't put no more on you than what you could bear mm-hmm. i didn't want to hear that mm-hmm. i learned that i had mitral valve prolapse after my husband passed because i thought i was having a heart attack the stress that i endured my job didn't give two flying freaks. I returned to work and took an extra week. I came back to them writing me up for attendance. Really? My husband, I swear to God, and my husband worked there. So jobs don't care. People in general don't well, care if they don't know you. I can't say that about my job, okay? Well, I, was, I love your job. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I'm indebted to them. I'm going to tell you, and this is what I'm going to say. Okay, I have been. I worked for Fannie Mae, right? Mm-hmm. I was a contractor. My, uh, you know, they give you a contract until you don't supposed to be a contractor for more than two years. Okay. okay? So what happened was um, my contract got extended longer than two years due to budgeting for the company, right? Mm-hmm. So they, you know, but I stayed on, you know, because I was being promised employment. I got hired. My husband died within the next year of me becoming permanent, right? Mm-hmm. My job, my benefits for uh, long-term, short-term disability does not really kick in until you're there for a year. 
permanent. Wow. Um, okay. Do you know my boss said to me at the time, she said, we're not going to worry about that. When I tell you they gave me all benefits, 100%, I was out. My oh. husband, i never forget, he went in the hospital Super Bowl Sunday, mm. February 4. My husband passed on 3-3. I did not go back to work until the end of June. I got 100% pay. Wow. I didn't have to go back at that time. I chose to go back because I was finding myself in depression, you okay. know, okay, so just you like sitting around, just trying to figure things. It was time for me to get back to work. Mm -hmm. But when I say, see, and that's why I say like, I have been fortunate, you know, through, even with me losing my spouse, this has been the hardest thing. Like I lost both of my parents. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you think that's hard, but it's a different relationship mm -hmm. when it's your spouse. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it stomped me out. So like, it, it, so it didn't compare. There's no comparison. It did, it did not. Like I'm so glad you said that because oftentimes yeah. people get that confused. Yeah, every yeah. loss is a loss, but yeah. every loss is not the same. Yeah. It's definitely not the same. And you know, um, I and, and the thing is, you know, um, you can't, it's hard, you know, like, like I try to tell people like, you know, so what happened to me basically is I had a friend had, that had lost her uh, significant other mm -hmm. and she had a daughter. So it made our bond so much stronger because she could relate to what I was going through. People mm -hmm. had lost their parents, you know, their grandparents, this, that, and the other. And they was like, oh, I know what you're going, you don't, you don't have yes. any clue. Yes. What a person is going through unless you slept on those shoes. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you can only imagine, but you really don't know. And, and you know, till this day, like when I say like, I say God put people in your life for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact she was placed to be my comfort because she understands everything that I go through. Like even with like trying to date again and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to, you know, hang out and you just like, oh no, I don't know. You know, she, she helps me through it all, you know, and to support your encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that's why, I but one thing I will say is like, I, you know, it was crazy. So when my husband got sick, I was just like, oh, I was supposed to travel to work. I was supposed to be in Virginia. Okay. For mm -hmm. work that monday super bowl sunday was two four mm -hmm. that monday i was supposed and i i was like i'm not going my husband would not go to the hospital because he was like um he suffered a heart attack too so me and mona me and you got a lot in common so um he wouldn't go to the hospital he was like i'm not going to the hospital he was trying to wait for me to leave to go to the hospital because he was like oh she got to go there for work work is not that important Right. You know what I'm saying? But I called my job. I was just like, listen, my husband's in the hospital. He was like, Kim, it's understandable. So right. it's like, I am indebted to my job. You know what I'm saying? Like, you genuinely are blessed. Yes, yes. Like, because, you know, and again, it's sad because I'm telling you, I know I worked for companies like that before. 
they don't care what happens today or tomorrow. They want you back in that office, you know, mm-hmm. but I have been in a fortunate situation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And even the services that they offer, you know, um, for grieving, you know, for nice. me and my children, you so know, this is offered to you by your employer my employer wow that is awesome well let me tell you something you said something else in there and this and this is for anyone listening listen we gotta there has to be some changes made you know listening to these ladies you know and listen to the contrast in terms of how your employers the expectations if you are not healthy in mind body and spirit you're not even an effective employee you know and it's almost cruel to have someone come into a space when they're not mentally prepared and functional uh but the other thing that you said too and i want to say this to people don't compare other people's loss and pain because as you said kim you had lost your parents but losing your husband was a different animal for you it was totally totally different experience you know so we have to be you know i know people mean well but we have to be aware and cognizant of what we say and and how we put things out there you know the i think the best thing we could do is offer a listening ear a shoulder to cry on take someone to an appointment so they won't have to drive you know let's do some things that will really support uh this widow in need ladies one other thing i have to ask you when we you know you're talking about you know all the strength that you have and you were able to get through these situations and even how you shifted your life but is there something that you found out about yourself after your spouse passed away that you did not identify within yourself when they were here mona Hmm, that I could be as strong as I was. Okay. Because at first I thought that I was just going to lose it all. I didn't think I could have life without him. Wow. Um, Especially after having a second child and thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be a baby mom again. Because Mm -hmm. that was why I only had my son and they were nine years apart. I said, I'm not having another child unless I'm married. Okay. So it was like, now I seen just how strong I was and to continue with school. Okay. After he passed, yeah. You so gained your degrees afterwards. He, he actually died. All of that. He died while I was in my last semester of getting my associates at Delaware County Memorial. He died on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And because it was the summer session, I went to class on Monday. When the graduation came around, it was me and four other students that were on the dean's list. And my professor had nominated me for an award because she couldn't believe that I came and continued to come while planning his funeral because I didn't want to mess up as the summertime. Wow. And you know, those summer sessions move quick. But when they started speaking on who they were giving this award to, I hear them go, she's full-time at the postal service, had small kids and lost her husband and still pressed on. And I'm sitting there like, that sound like me. <laughs> Why they talking? Wow. Yeah, it was oh, your strength. Yes, I realized I did it. Yeah, I didn't think I had it, though. I didn't. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we we have to have our feet put to the fire before, you know, we can can see. So that's a wonderful thing. What about you, Kim? I would say the same thing. Um, You never know what you can get through until Mm -hmm. you face it. You know, like... um, I never knew how strong that I really was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I tell people, like, 
you know, it is, you know, this is a double-edged sword. So people will see, they're like, oh my God, you look so great. You don't, I'm glad to see you smiling, but they don't know the pain that I'm hiding. Amen. You know yes. But I thank God that I don't look like what I've been through. You see awesome. what I'm saying? So awesome. Like, in the end, it's like, that's why I said it's a double-edged sword. You know, yes, I'm glad you see something but you don't know what I'm really dealing with, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and for me, um, I will say a strength because, you know, I literally felt like I lost half of my life losing my husband. Mm -hmm. But what kept me going is I have his two daughters that I have to take care of, you know, and I can't let them down. So, you know, you'd be surprised what you can get through, mm -hmm. you know, when you have to, you know, yeah, and, yeah. I tell people, and, and the thing for me is I, I, again, I have an awesome support system, but you know what? I don't rely on them mm -hmm. and they all get on me about it. Let the girls come down here. Let the girls stay over here. You do something for yourself. They, yes. you know, but I just, I'm not a needy person. So okay. it's, it kind of hurts me a little bit because I won't take that moment for myself. But at the end of the day, it makes me realize what you can get through, you mm -hmm. know, when you think it was impossible. So yeah. I will there the strength is mm -hmm. definitely the number one thing for me. Okay. And now self-care, because you mentioned about not letting, you know, not being reaching out and stuff like that. And I think that one of the things that uh in terms of you know grief and loss that at some point like self-care has to be important uh name name a self-care regimen that you that either one of you like the eat that you've acquired or that you've done in order to kind of get to get you through I just continue maintenance for me. Um, like I always was big on self-care. Mm -hmm. One of the things was that was one thing my husband made sure that I had. Like I had massages every month, mm -hmm. you know, uh, spa pedicures, manicures, you know, taking care of yourself has always been a priority for me. Mm -hmm. And that's something that even in my grief and even in my hard times, I still make that a part. But my girls is the same way. I take my girls to the nullery. Okay. So, you know, they get their nails and their feet done too. So it's like, that was just part of our regimen, mm -hmm. but you got to not let yourself go. You okay. can't. Okay. You can't. Okay. What about you? Yeah, I was, before I was a postal worker, I was a licensed hairdresser. So okay. I always was into the all year round, whether it's snow out there, I was getting my feet done. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really matter for me, but I think I would do wear once a month and I'm also a gambler. Um, <laughs> so once a month, I would utilize my free rooms uh -huh. and I would be in Atlantic City. Okay. That was how some of my dating went on because yeah, like she said, I wasn't, you don't need to meet the flavor of the month. So <laughs> you meet me in Atlantic City, we can hang out there and she wasn't meeting everybody. My daughter and she recently, it was a joke because she looks at me and go, and I thought you were innocent all this time. She'd be 23. So now we talk openly. She said, I ain't never see you with no men. And I just chuckled. Because she was like, you been with any men after my dad other than Mr. West? And I'm looking at her like, I didn't want to answer. Right. She looked at me right. and said, you have? And I was like, here she go. You always said, if you 
instead of lying, I would never lie to her, so I wasn't answering. Right. And she said, how? I ain't never seen nobody else. And I was like this. But, it's none of your business. You right. was a kid. You didn't need to meet everybody. I mm -hmm. said, remember a lot of times I would send you to go spend the weekend with Gigi? And she was like, yeah, I sent it to my mother's. You ain't got to be home. You don't need to see everything. And the dudes would be like, I thought you said you because my son was older. Okay. You don't need to meet my daughter. We need to see where this is going first. If it ain't going nowhere, you right. never will know her. All you that's know is her name. That's a great practice. That's a great practice because that's so important. Ladies, I'm telling you, you have, I, I appreciate you not just um you know being vulnerable enough to discuss this today i know that it could not have been easy but i just appreciate the transparency in your stories and the candor in which you told them um i certainly have been blessed by this discussion and i know that so many others will you're uh a, certainly a testament of what we are about here at sipping tea with d you know um positivity and women that have gone from trial and tribulation and then triumphed and you've both shown that you've both have come into your own you both have persevered you have um maintain the legacies that your husbands have left and um and in doing that you are going to bless someone else with with your story so i appreciate you and i thank you for coming today uh, i just want to say that uh you know, you, anyone that's listening, please make sure that, you know, as we close this episode out, that there's a, here's a couple of takeaways just from this discussion that I gained, you know, make sure that you continue traditions, um, that you uphold the things that were important to you as a family. Um, and also it is important uh, for you to create support systems and a circle for yourself. Um, you are not in this alone, ladies. Anyone that's a widow, make sure that you utilize those around you. Um, and even, you know, beyond family, create an extended circle that be that you feel that are family. Um, you know, grief allows you, your heart to swell and open up more, and you're gonna need to fill those spaces with these people and allow yourself to be taken care of and to be loved upon. Um, and also there is no right or wrong way to do anything. Go at your own pace. So I thank you for those things. Um, and I hope that these things are able to help someone else. Sipping Tea with D airs every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am also available on IG for Tea Time with Sipping Tea with D, which airs every Tuesday at 7.30, where we have real talk, real discussion on real issues. And I am on Clubhouse at 3 p.m. every uh, Sunday uh, Eastern time, all of these times. So please make sure that you check me out. We have very intimate healing discussions there. Um, but ladies, I appreciate you. Um, and I appreciate you just uh, showing up and sharing all of your tea today. And I just want to thank you for joining me this evening. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So again, guys, look forward. I look forward to you. Uh, you know, give me some feedback on this episode. 
Um, if you want to, if you're a widow, um, you know, let, let me know, or there's some things that, you know, that resonated with you in this discussion or some, maybe some tips that we didn't touch upon that you may have for other people, but, uh, thank you for joining me and make sure that you come back on next Wednesday. And I just want to say, remember to bring your tea. Have a good one. Good night. those who are currently dealing with some form of grief or loss, here are the following resources. National Bereavement Service or NBS offers online chat to assist in helping you find support during your most difficult time. Their website is www.th nbs.org betterhelp.com can help you find or look for a therapist in your area they are available for online chats videos as well as telephone conferencing please check out their website at betterhelp dot com for additional resources the substance abuse and mental health services administration also known as SAMHSA offers a free 24 7 helpline for referrals as well as information please contact at one 800-662-HELP. Their website is www.samsa.gov. There are also a host of private groups on social media, including Facebook, as well as Instagram. Thank you.